0: Welcome to Just a Special, the place to learn more about foster care from diverse perspectives. I'm Natasha, a foster mom.
1: And I'm Rachel, a mentor to kids in foster care. We're hard at work at bringing you season two, which will feature interviews with Patty, the adopted mom and former therapist, a fan favorite Maddie from episode one, and Diamond, who describes how growing up in the foster system as a gay kid made his life a little extra intense.
0: We'll also have interviews with Kristen, a single foster mom to a teen girl with bipolar, and Kaleo, a longtime foster mom who truly gets the power of having a support network as she was
1: homeless as a teenager herself. And of course, we'll bring you much more. In the meantime, we have this bonus episode for you to enjoy. Thanks to the guys over at Discussion Combustion Podcast.
0: That's right. Kevin and Arthur invited us on to talk about foster care, and we also covered radical honesty and transparency, pets we've had to return, mind reading, and tons more. In this episode, you'll get to see a new side of Rachel and I as we just kick back and have fun with these guys.
1: Yes, we shared a lot of laughs, and we're just so impressed with Kevin and Arthur's curiosity and care. The world truly needs more men like these guys. And if you prefer to watch the video version of this
0: podcast, head on over to Discussion Combustion Podcast YouTube channel, and you'll find us on episode ninety-three. Let's support what Discussion Combustion is doing for the Colorado podcasting community by following
1: and subscribing to them. And as always, we'd love to hear your thoughts, whether that's over on our Instagram page at Just As Special, or our website is justicespecial.com.
2: We'll have this discussion.
3: Discussion? What discussion? This is a discussion.
2: Combustion. Coming to you from Denver, Colorado, this is Discussion Combustion Podcast with your hosts, Kevin Batstone and Arthur Raw. What's up, everybody? You know we're super excited this week, not only because we've got a new studio space, but because we also have the hosts from Just a Special Podcast in the building tonight. And uh, we're just really excited for all the all the changes that are happening and, um, and positive, positive moves that are being made, because honestly, if you're sitting stagnant, and you're not trying to change things and we preach this but change is not easy so you got to be ready to experience some difficulties to make your life better and we worked our tuckuses off last night we sure did brother but we're here we made it happen you know episode
3: 93 we had a goal we're here we made it to the denver tech center super excited uh just a special we got uh, rachel and natasha joining us going to be a lot of fun sitting down they're going to be enlightening us on what's going on in the foster care industry i know i'm going to learn a lot But first, got to pay the bills. And today's episode is brought to you by Mountain Made CBD. You'll see it there at the bottom of your screen. You might not see the bottles anymore, guys. New place, same mission. We got
2: them in the background. You know we're representing still. It's crystal clear CBD
3: for the activated lifestyle. The build, the boost, the recover, the puff, the combat, the defense. It's tremendous CBD. It's greatly improved my life. I love the product.
2: Absolutely. I, I totally enjoy the boost on the midday crash. I've been doing the defend. Um, it's about feeling well, uh, you're not supposed to feel high or you're not supposed to feel anything from taking CBD, you're just supposed to feel okay, feel yourself and feel at ease. And that's really what it does. Um, and, and what they're doing out of there is just, it's, it's a solid work from a Colorado company that has a national reach. So if, if you're a dispensary out there and you'd be interested in having this top notch CBD product on your shelves, definitely go to mountainmade.life to check out all their products.
3: Yeah, you really hit the nail on the head there you know it's not always about what you feel it's about what you don't feel and i really like that driving point behind cbd you know you have a little pain the cbd might ease it it's not necessarily about that euphoric feeling so it's great product we love mountain made cbd stock up guys get it in your carts and that's that hashtag go like hell mentality
2: absolutely discussion compression is also brought to you by wild outdoor adventures now that's a place for less dreaming and more exploring you're gonna to go to woa. well t.com, so w o a m e e t.com and you can sign up at no charge and see all the activities that they have coming up
3: yeah it's a lot of fun man I'm, I'm super stoked to be going on this lost creek wilderness trip this June. Uh, the COVID is starting to clear up. People need to get outdoors. We need a breath of fresh air. It's important. What a great way to see the outdoors here in Colorado. Free to sign up. Doesn't cost you anything but your time. Man, you can meet a lot of great people. Lifelong friendships. Kevin Fryer does a tremendous job at that company. Hope for teens. Hope for veterans. Constantly helping people. That's what I like.
2: We support what they do. If you're interested in Colorado, you're rolling through, you want to meet people of similar interests, maybe make some lifelong friendships, this is definitely a place to accomplish that. And that is less dreaming and more exploring.
3: Let's jump into this thing, man. This is episode 93. Coming to you from the new studio. It's been a a pretty pretty long week. But uh, we're here. we got some cold beers. And uh, ladies, welcome. Thanks for for making it up here.
0: Thank you. Glad we can help you guys break in the new studio.
3: Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're kind of still tinkering around, dialing some things in. But uh, this is going to be a good start. So back to the mission. You guys are here because you're doing some tremendous things. And we'd love to hear about it. You know, I want to know where this thing start. Where did the, you know, the drive and the ambition for this project start?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. And I really think it goes back to our childhood. So Rachel and I are sisters and our mom is an immigrant actually from Iran. And so growing up, we had a really interesting childhood and Um, It really was a melding of different cultures. Our dad is American. He was in the military, so it was very opposites (laughs) attracting. Yeah,
1: definitely opposites. Yeah, we have a lot
0: of funny stories about that. We get into it a little bit on the podcast too. Um, But um, just knowing that There's not one right way of doing things, I think, is a really big thing. And that goes back to foster care, too, because every family has its own culture, right, regardless of ethnicity or race. Um, And that's what foster care is, is just melding different cultures together at its essence. And so growing up in that
1: environment, I think, gave us that lens to be able to see foster care in that way. That's terrific. Yeah. So just a special, it's obviously a podcast for, you know, foster care and how you can get involved in it, whether you're a parent or a mentor. Um, So I knew that I always wanted to be involved in foster care, like since I was like 12 years old. If you ask me why, I have no idea. Um, But I think the podcast really came out when Natasha became a foster parent about like a year ago now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was
0: about a year ago. Yeah.
1: And her going through the process, I am a mentor in the foster care system. And so we're kind of just comparing notes and, like, talking about how there really wasn't a lot of discussion or a place to go, a website, anywhere that would have a lot of information about how to get involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a really interesting, you know, it, I think that there's so much behind it that a lot of people that were hearing me as a mentor, or her as a foster parent, they were like, how can we get involved? So we kind of just saw that as a way to be like, well, let's make this a podcast because mm-hmm. you know, we love to talk yeah, <laughs> and we're sisters. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Another
0: thing too, on that too, is as I was going through the foster parenting training, I was really looking for resources to learn more and kind of like Rachel was saying, we weren't finding resources that really connected with us, you know, being a woman of color, a lot of the stories coming out of the foster care system were from a singular, perspectives very like homogeneous and religious you know with like one religious perspective and we were like you know where's a place for people that from all different perspectives and so that's what we do on the podcast too is we're highlighting really diverse stories we interview a different person each time whether that be a foster care volunteer a former foster kid you know same-sex foster parents multicultural foster families Um, because a lot of those stories aren't getting told and we think they're really important and vital to making change when it comes to foster care
1: yeah, but we also realize that we don't know everything, so right. it's 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 a journey, right? right. So we're learning together, mm-hmm. um, and you know, learning with our audience as well. So mm-hmm. I think it's a really exciting opportunity. For
2: when it's us. a it's you know something that is not often thought about, you know, and, right. and 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 there's so many children out there that are living in foster homes that don't have a house, and and they're like living in these situations and kind of forgot about and. So it's it's definitely important to bring light to that. So kudos for creating a platform to have that as the discussion. Um, I think that's really really powerful. And then also just you know filling that void within your own time to to help in, in that in that same area arena. Because I mean you you really think about it, and I like what you said about you know how things are are so mainstream one type of perspective. Mm -hmm. And that's not life. There's variations Mm -hmm. to every human, there's variations to every life. And and there's not just one way to do things. So I I think that's a really good way to just keep your mind open. Because, you know, if if we could stay open minded our whole lives and always learn and always respect others in that way, then the world's going to be a better place. And, and, you know, so I think, I think it's a, a good thing and an important thing to do.
3: Oh, absolutely. And to piggyback off that, I mean, just the passion that you guys have for it is obviously there. And to be able to find that young and know that this is, you know, this is what we want to do. And then to have the podcast come around and give you, you know, that voice to reach potential, you know, people that never realized this was, number one, an option. You know, something they would even consider. Um, and to expose these stories and, the, and, you know, the love. I think it's terrific what you guys are doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What's really cool too is our sound engineer, um, he's like in his thirties, like around my age and, um, you know, he was just listening to the podcast because he had to edit it. And he said he had never considered adoption before, but listening to the podcast, he was really inspired and that's something he's now considering. So I think that's a huge success story. Cause like you're saying, there's a lot of people who might not even have considered this, Yeah. but there's multiple ways you can get involved. And that's something we really stress on the show too, is it's not all or nothing. It's not like you have to be a foster parent or you can't do anything. Cause Rachel, she also volunteers in a woman's prison. So she works wow. with a lot of the moms who have kids in foster care. And I think having that perspective too, is so vital because a lot of times these they call it biological parents is the term in Mm -hmm. the foster care system they're like demonized and people are just so negative towards them and that's what I was sometimes hearing too on the other podcast and I was like no there has to be respect for these people. And we have to realize that there's a lot of other issues going on here. Um, Because you
2: want to get the kids back to their parents. Yes.
0: Yes. And that has, that's the main goal, right? Whenever possible, whenever it's safe.
1: And I think that's just like another outlook, like what you were saying is, you know, we saw it as a very mainstream process, but, you know, within our podcast, our goal is to really look at it from all angles. Even bringing in, you know, when I do go to prison, you know, pre-COVID, um, and talking to those moms that like some of those ladies, they grew up in foster care mm-hmm. and some of them, um, you know, it's like now their children are also in foster care. So I think having all of those different perspectives is really just super eye opening,
0: right? Because I didn't realize how cyclical it was until right. I became involved. But a lot of those people who grow up in the foster care system, their kids end up in foster care. And what I've really learned throughout this process too, especially having kids in my home, I've mostly just had teenagers and tweens too. So like older kids Mm -hmm. is, is just like being part of a family and what that looks like in a healthy, functional way is not something we're just born knowing. It's something you have to learn. And how can we expect these kids who grew up in the system who didn't get that family or that adoption or be able to go back with their parents? How can we expect them to know how to raise their own kids in a way that's really healthy? I mean, it's really like, we're faulting them, right, for something that's really our fault as a society. I think a lot of the time.
3: Yeah, that's a good perspective. It really mm-hmm. is. And for me, you know, being in my early 30s now, still no kids. You know, I always said when I was young, I never kids was never really something. And, and still to this point, but I always said if I did, I probably would consider you mm-hmm. know adoption or something along those lines. You know, it, it's uh, it's something I haven't considered. It's still a possibility down the road. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think I think it's great to learn about this stuff, know that the, that this is available, um, and, and to hear some of the stories. From, from, you know, maybe some new foster parents and stuff might
2: inspire others to get involved. Uh, and who knows? Who knows, Art? I mean, kind of how I was starting off this episode about, you know, trying to accomplish something. And it, it, if you're going to accomplish something real, then it's it's not going to be an easy task mm-hmm. and you're going to have, you know, hurdles to overcome. Um, one, one of my buddies, um, one of our buddies... they they fostered uh they entered into the foster care program and and they were placed with uh two young young children one was a baby and the other one was like two or three and um and and they were very happy to have these kids in their house and you know the goal was always was was to get it back with their parents and and there was like immigration things happening with all that but some of the struggles that they dealt with is, you know, the, the baby especially was kind of malnourished uh, mm-hmm. before they, before they came. So they weren't in the best condition. And then, you know, the kids playing around and, and would occasionally like, you know, kind of is top heavy and would bump his head. And so they got put under investigation for, you know, mistreating the foster children. And the, the kids ended up getting taken away at that point, even though they were a great house. So. You know, if, if this is something and I'm not necessarily talking to YouTube, but if this is something that somebody's interested in doing, you know, you, you have to expect that you're going to have to fight to to help your yeah. foster, your foster children out.
0: That is such a great point, yeah. And I'm really glad that you brought that up because they do say in foster care, parenting training, they say it's not a matter of if you'll be investigated. It's a matter of when. Wow. And it's just because a lot of times the biological parents, like they might say something and think that like, the kids will come back to them sooner if if the system thinks that the foster home isn't safe or sometimes the kids say stuff too.
1: Right, and I think part of it too though is you have to realize like sometimes it's like the kid, like the kid is in some kind of a traumatic situation. And so when they're saying stuff, maybe it's easier to pin it on somebody else if they're coming forward about something um, rather than it being their biological parent. And so I think that I think it's really great that you were told in your foster care classes that it's not if, but Mm -hmm. when, Mm. um, and just realizing that and absolutely, you know, it's a definitely a difficult thing. You're definitely going to become sometimes emotionally fatigued at times, um, and that's also a focus that we have. is just you know self care, having that good support system, making sure that you have that. Um, But then also, too, is realizing your own limits. You know, maybe foster care isn't for you, but you could do something like respite care and do it for like a weekend or a week Mm -hmm. or even being like a mentor. Um, So I think that there's different, you know, opportunities for everyone, but you should definitely be aware of what you're getting into for sure.
0: Yeah, but Rachel brings up a good point is that it is a big challenge. And the way I've had to look at it for myself is that um, I really base success off of how I grow as a person personally, because you can't always depend on the kids in your home right and they shouldn't feel pressure to be a certain way or grow a certain amount and so I really look at it as a growing experience for myself like how can I help this help me be a better person and Rachel gets a lot of those phone calls when I'm frustrated <laughs> yeah, which is awesome yeah. because she gets it and you know she can also give me a new perspective sometimes and be like Natasha you're not seeing this like how maybe you should or here's a different perspective here's maybe what the kids thinking and that's really helpful yeah well
3: yeah having that that team aspect in perspective is reality right right bounces Absolutely. my ideas off each other experiences um, I want to know about like the, this investigation process and kind of what that looks like, you know, we'll, we'll tread lightly on it, of course, but mm-hmm. because it's obviously front and center with, with, with this, you know, adoption and foster care, they got to make sure that these homes are safe, mm-hmm. of course, and, and follow out their part, just like OSHA does with safety regulations. Uh, what is it like contingent on the investigator? Is it by zone, by region? What does that look like?
0: Yeah. So it is different. Um, Different counties all have their own rules around foster care. Um, And then if you go public versus private, it's different Um, as well. Some cities, you only can go through private agencies to become a foster parent. So, yeah, it is different, but I will say that they do a very thorough vetting process before you become a foster parent, um, which includes, you know, besides background checks, fingerprinting, all of that. It also includes um, what they call a home study and someone comes to your home and asks you very personal questions. So I have a partner. So they really got the nitty gritty of like our relationship, the history of our relationship all of that, um, and they write it all up in a report, and it's very weird to read it. It's almost like your memoir. Yeah, they go into (laughs) your childhood a lot as well. So they really leave no rock unturned, and um, so they have a really good idea of who you are before they even allow a kid to come in your home. So you have to be very okay with being very open about everything. But
1: I think what was really helpful, like, with your process as well is mm-hmm. from the beginning, like, Natasha has done a good job of just being completely transparent. You know, you you have this team, right? It's the mm-hmm. home coordinator. It's a therapist. It's um, – i don't even like a GAL. yeah Yeah, it depends for
0: each kid but you have a team of people yeah
1: (laughs) um but i think what was really helpful is that since you were so transparent throughout the entire process because you aren't a parent you don't have all of those privileges to make over that child
0: Mm -hmm. yeah that's another thing that really surprised me is like they say in foster care training too it's like the foster parent really doesn't really have any rights and in some ways that's kind of true because you know you're not the legal guardian for the child Mm -hmm. um you can't make every single decision for them. Like we couldn't decide if she's, if like our placement was going to do like all online school or if she would like go in person, like it was like a team decision. Okay. So that's an interesting thing too.
3: So what's the biggest red flags that would, when they do this, you know, investigation mm-hmm. to say, okay, you want to be a foster parent and they come in. Cause I mean, I got skeletons in my closet, right? right? I drink a lot. Would that that's got to be a red flag.
0: Um, so it's interesting. they actually were a lot more liberal than I thought they would be. So yeah. like for example, if you've gotten a DUI, I would have thought then they, they like throw you out. But no, I think it I don't remember exactly what it is and again it might differ agency to agency. but I think it was like as long as you haven't had anything super major within the last like five years, they're willing to work with you. You are allowed to drink. In the home, you can't smoke weed because they get federal funding, federal, right? Yeah. Um But you are allowed to drink in the home and they just say, you know, be aware it could be a trigger for certain kids who when they saw their parents drink really bad, yeah. things would happen, but... I mean, my partner and I, we, like, we drink once in a while or we'll, like, have parties and it's nothing crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's something we discuss with the kids in our home beforehand. If is there, kids... like, a
1: thing with, like, like knives or, like, guns? Do you have to lock oh, them? It up? Oh, it depends. Well,
0: also, yeah, yeah, it does depend. Um, yeah, guns is a big, like, you definitely have to store it in a special way, but they do allow you to have it. Like, you can't have the ammo and the gun, of course. They have mm-hmm. to be separate. Stuff has to be locked. All your medicines have to be locked. Um up like in a safe or whatever we just got a big safe off amazon and like stuck it all in depending on the kid sometimes you have to lock knives if like self-harm yeah might happen but some kids you don't have to worry about that at all um it really just depends
3: that's good to know yeah, cause yeah. being a you know a gun toter like i am you know i got guns around the house and stuff right. no no children there so obviously yeah. you know it's at my own discretion i live alone so uh, that's good to know
2: it is good to know i mean i, I feel like the whole uh being open and, and being honest and transparent, uh, as far as, you know, being eligible to foster children is, is almost, it's, it's a very strong, there's, there's a strong energy there of, of having that transparency. And, and I feel like that's, that's something powerful just for an individual in general is, is, you know, why hide stuff? why, why try to put this, this best foot forward that mm-hmm. actually doesn't exist and not actually acknowledge the dark truths of existence? Because life, life is not a walk on the golden brick road here. You know We're, we're walking on dirt a lot of times. A lot, a lot of times there's not a road. And so, so we got to figure it out. So if, if you could be that honest and upfront with yourself and also with others that can hold you accountable, then that's going to help develop character. Um, I mean, I've, have t- talked about this a lot. I-, I like being open about the struggles in my life, what I've dealt with. And, um, I, I used to, I-, I feel like I'm at that point where I'm no longer an addict, but for a long time, opiates had a, a strong hold on me and it wasn't until I-, I took time to talk to my friends and hold and people that would hold me accountable and be upfront about my actual issue. Uh, before it actually started to develop into something that was progressive for myself. And so um, I just think that's very, like, an important piece of the fostering and, and something that could help anybody, even if you're not interested in fostering, is, is being transparent.
3: Absolutely. I mean, like you guys were saying, uh, you know, the, the truth is in the pudding, as they say, right? You got to be completely upfront about it. If you really, if this is something you're passionate about, you got to go all in and be completely honest about it, it seems like. Yeah. Overcoming addictions, you know, being a gun owner. I drink a lot of alcohol. If this is something that was going to be a part of my life, I really need to understand every, you know, X, Y, and Z. And I think that's, you, you guys do a great job at that with your cast, having people on, enlightening people on what's going on. And
1: uh, Yeah. Yeah. I like that you said that because, you know, I think it does relate to people outside of the foster care system, people that want to get involved. Um, I actually had a friend, it was like last week and I was like having a really bad day and I was like, you know, in a horrible mood. Um, and one of my friends was like, yeah, well, I heard your episode, episode three, you were talking, you were saying to talk it out. Like, (laughs) and I was like, I don't want to talk it out. (laughs) And I just love that. It was like episode three, like I'm listening to it. Um, and that's a friend that, you know, has no interest in the foster care system, but it was definitely like, oh yeah, like this does work in all aspects of your life. Like, you know, you do need to be transparent. You need to be open. And I think that that like, I think you have better conversations and it's more real.
0: Yeah. I like what you said too of like, it's not like a golden brick road. Like let's not pretend that it is because yeah, it's so important for us to be able to own our mistakes, not just um, for ourselves. Right. But for the kid, for kids to be able to see that, because I think it, it's really helpful for kids to see like, you know, we're not expecting perfection and that's not what we're even striving for. And here's how you can repair something if you make a mistake. Right. So like, yeah, I'm really honest with the kids, sometimes I'll be like, you know, I messed up right there. So this is maybe how I should have done it better. To be humble. Is, yeah. Is, to be It's not easy.
2: It's not easy yeah, to right. to be like, you know what? I, I messed up and I can get better. Like once you, once you practice it and, and that's one of your habits and, and you're always being critical about yourself, then that's another story. But if you're never practicing, like it's, it's hard to like Bite the bullet sometimes. Yeah, it is. You know, it's,
3: it's it's better to put it up in front, you know, and be honest. I think, mm-hmm. you know, and especially even at a young age, it's showing them. Look, you made a mistake. You own it. You know, here's your thoughts on it. It's okay to be honest. You know, tell us what you're feeling, rather than trying to cut corners, you know, and sweep it under the rug. That type of stuff. I think. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, knowledge is power. Direct, decisive, to the point. I mean, that's that's my opinion on outside looking in.
0: Yeah. Right. And I think that really, too, gets back to the community aspect of this, because as a foster parent, like you cannot foster or you cannot parent like in a silo, right? Like there's all these people in your business all the time coming in and out of your house, even to like monitor your home and the kid and all that. And so it kind of forces you to parent in community but that's something that especially going through the foster parenting training they really prepared us for like you're going to need more help like this mm-hmm. isn't something you can just do on your own and so my partner and I we actually moved so we actually used to live right up the road from your studio here actually on the way I'm like oh my god I can almost oh, see wow. <laughs> almost see my, so yeah it was the a condo we memory went lane in. for you yeah it was oh, it okay. really was um And so we actually moved back to colorado springs where we both grew up and we weren't like thrilled about having to go back to Colorado springs but just knowing that our families would be there and be able to be supportive just because our life here was very professional driven and our friends were all professionals and we were like we don't feel comfortable asking them for help if we can't you know give it back to them if they don't have kids Mm -hmm. um but that's been huge huge for us and growing up rachel and i had a very interesting childhood (laughs) partly because my mom i think like being an immigrant she didn't always feel, like, included in society, and um, my dad was in the military, so they moved around a lot, and just having to, like, make friends and remake friends, and, you know, sometimes it was a struggle, you know, growing up a little bit, and so um, that's something that I knew I needed, is, like,
1: right, and that would be so important. They didn't have that, like, support system. Right, their family have- was really far away, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. do you feel like uh, any of the the friendships that you made before a move, like, your short, have any of those remained? because like, sometimes it's hard to keep friends in life because friendships take work, right? Well,
1: especially if you're so young because you don't yeah. really. And yeah. it wasn't modeled for us to to keep in contact, or right? Um, and so I think that was something that I learned later in life. Really, like I, I don't think I learned that until college. That it was like, oh, like there's this such thing as long distance friendships. Like, right? <laughs> we can keep in contact. Yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> it's supposed to be all the tools and resources we have now with Zoom and, and oh, video right. chats and all that stuff. Right. It's so important. I mean, it's something I push all the time in this cast. I mean. I played in a band and one of our biggest songs, we had a a line in it called family and friends make you the richest man. Mm -hmm. And I truly believe that Mm -hmm. because materialistic things and money don't matter to me. What matters to me is the people that are around me and and family. And I have a tattoo that says beyond blood, you know, because I believe that it is beyond blood. It's truly about that family bond, brotherhood, sisterhood, whoever you are without your family and friends. What do you have?
0: Right, right. No, it's so true. And it's you so need true. your friends to
1: call you out sometimes. It's, mm-hmm. it's crucial.
3: Yeah. It's crucial. Transparency, honesty, you know, direct decides to the point. That's the way I like to roll. I don't like to do it any other way because I don't know how to do it any other way. You know, I'm not, I'm not good at being what I'm not, so to speak. You know, and I find better results doing it that way. You know, I, I have better friendships that way, meet great people that way. Um, I had, like I said, I haven't dabbled with any sort of foster care or even being a parental figure. That's something I have zero experience with. So that's why I was excited for this cast because I knew I was going to be enlightened on a lot of topics.
0: Well, you're well poised if you already have a really strong support network. I think that's step one. And what's been really cool for me is living now closer to family is every Sunday night, my um, sister-in-law and brother-in-law, they make dinner and friends who are family and family who are friends like all gather together and it's funny because my partner usually doesn't come because he (laughs) naps every sunday he's like i need a day to myself he's an introvert but i go (laughs) and i was like okay at this point guys if we get a divorce i should still count as family right because like i'm the one coming to the family dinners as a joke we're fine but um that's been maybe the biggest support that I have besides Rachel is just being able to show up every Sunday like we're talking about. Not to pretend that everything's going okay. Being super honest about where I'm at and the struggles I'm having. They have kids so I can get some advice for them. They have teenagers and stuff. But it's just that's been huge just being able to show up and share a meal and not have to cook for myself and feel like taken care of and that warmth of all those people there who I know care for me and who I know like whenever we need a favor like I can call them and they're going to be there I mean that's massive and fostering is so humbling and just to know that I have all these people around me has been amazing
1: yeah, and they've definitely invested in Moon as well, like, mm-hmm. you know, invested their time. In and their I think, yeah. you know, from the start of you being a foster parent to now, I've also seen, like, Natasha have um, deeper relationships just with, like, your nieces, too. No, that's and true. And nephews, you that's know. That's true. So I yeah. think it's...
2: Well, I mean, because it, it, you're essentially, like, looking into a mirror at that point, and you're, you're critiquing yourself in order to make yourself better to help others, you you know? So at at that point, like you're really just, you're just working to to build character and none of us are, are perfect, you you know? So it's, it's okay to have the flaws and that's part of, of life is acceptance, Mm -hmm. you you know? So it's, it's just interesting because you're, you're coming from an outsider perspective. A child in a foster care system has had traumatic events happen and and you're you're working your very hardest to not be their parent but a, a solid influence and dependable but it, and it's just it's it's a limbo because your, it is your, limbo. your goal is to you know uh, allow them to to get back to things you know it's not supposed to be a permanent placement right or
0: yeah i mean it is such a limbo so in some situations be- In most situations, when the kid comes to you, their parents' rights haven't already been terminated, but sometimes that can happen. So sometimes the judge has already decided, especially if they've been in other homes, like this is a situation that no matter what, the parents just unfortunately are not going to be able to provide a safe place. Um, So it really does depend. But... What you're saying about, like, it is a limbo, it so is a limbo, especially with older kids in the foster care system, because, you know, a lot of times they're like, who are you to parent me? And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of a good point. Like, I'm a random person that you got assigned to live (laughs) with, you know, and it can be so hard. And there is that balance, too, of like, you know, if you're in my home, I do have to be a parental figure to you, but... What 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 I found too is there's no good word in the English language to describe that sort of relationship. Um, a
2: juxtaposition. Yes,
0: yes, because it's like is I that know. It? Yeah, it's a juxtaposition in some ways because it's like I'm not your parent, but yeah, I'm providing a lot of needs like a parent would. Like you know. Yeah. There's not a... And I don't think the term like foster parent is as descriptive as like what it actually is, you know? It's just it's, like a really weird thing. It's like,
2: like more of like a, a mentor, like a long-term, very sometimes, personal mentor.
0: Sometimes. I, I guess it depends because I think that's what I originally thought going into it and then recent events have really made me realize like, okay, no matter like how old or mature the kid may seem at some point, like it really is like they really do need parents a lot of the time because yeah. they need... Um, but, yeah, but you're not going to be, like, I'm laying down the law because that's not going to go over well. So it is, like, a weird, like, mentorship. Um, like, we tell whenever we have a placement, we say, like, we consider you family no matter what. Uh-huh. You know, like, um, like for example, like, if a kid was adopted versus not adopted, like, in my partner and I's mind, it doesn't make a difference. Like, you're, you're here. Our family's going to embrace you. They're going to consider you family. Like, we're here for you kind of as much as you want us to be. Yeah. Um, but it, it is such a weird, like in between space and it can be a little uncomfortable because there isn't a, like a great neat definition. I think that's something too, that, um, we have some upcoming interviews on the podcast of longtime foster moms.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And, um, we talk about how messy it is because it is, it's a really messy thing and you have to be comfortable, like being in the mess sort of of it.
3: Yeah. You got to embrace all of it. I mean, yeah. that's, that's what it is. And the, I think the passion, it speaks volumes to the passion that, that you have to have for it. You know, because, you know, we've heard the term deadbeat dad or, you know, runaway mom. People can become, you know, parents by accident. You know, their situations happen and then they're forced to have to deal with that. But to be a foster parent, I think it speaks volume to, to number one, the character of the individual, the passion that's behind it. You know, because is something you absolutely want to do. You know, this is we're taking this on. This is not this wasn't a choice or it was a choice. It's not, you know, mandatory. This is what we want to do. And I think that speaks volume to it. It, ma- it makes me think of that movie Big Daddy, which is one of my mm. favorite ones. You know, I love Adam Sandler. And he's like, man, I had this kid sprung on me. And the then- scuba?
2: The scuba, scuba guys. Scuba <laughs> Scuba Steve. Steve. Scuba yeah, Steve. that's it. Yeah.
3: I love that movie. You know, it's, of course, Hollywood's movie. It's it's not real events, but it's loosely based on real events. Great ending, right? He ends up realizing this, I love this kid. You know, so it, it's, it's cool.
2: So I want to ask both of you, Rachel, you can go first. Um because your personality is going to is going to like play a role you know <laughs> so so like are there any like hobbies or personal interests that you feel like that you are like you know you try to be open with that and and to see if you can spark that interest and
1: like as a mentor? Well,
2: yeah. Like, uh, yeah. So yeah, talking to people, like, do you bring in, like, your personal interests? And, like, what are some of, like, your personal interests that you've in- integrated in how you do things?
1: Yeah. That's a really good question. I feel like you can kind of take that a couple different ways. Um, I'd say, I'll say as, like, a mentor and then, like, not as a mentor. Um, so as a mentor, I definitely, like, my number one goal is realizing I want to, to like make an impact on them in a positive way. But I have to realize I'm probably not. I might not. I don't want to put the expectation that I'm going to be able to do that. So, you know, I think to me is just being transparent with like my hobbies, whether that's, you know, like going to amusement parks or, you know, like, going to like a boxing class for cardio purposes. Um I think that's something that I like to do with my mentors um or mentees, I should say. Um and kind of just having fun in that way. Um but then I would say outside of that and in like my other side of my life not as a mentor, um I'd say one of my huge passions is definitely just like showing love to people and being like a support system in that way. So I'd say Definitely when I go to prison and I, you know, I am like talking to the women there, I definitely say is like, you know, I I try to be that positive light. I try to, you know, I love jokes. I love being sarcastic. So I'd say that's kind of my like passion of humor and bringing that there to that place. And then, you know, just like supporting them, loving them and, you know, just hearing them out because a lot of times in prison, you know, no one's really listening to them.
3: Yeah, that goes a long way. People just want to be heard people want to be able to tell their story and have someone to listen you know there's been right. that's I've learned that here recently just sometimes people just need to talk you know yes hey how's your day going well, it's really not going well well tell me more about that right because we're all programmed to say hey how you doing oh I'm good how are you mm-hmm. right but w- what's really going on what you know we're all struggling with something so to be able to walk into a prison uh, I'm sure you've seen some yeah. interesting things. And,
1: you know, max security. So yeah. oh, the yeah. first time I went, I uh, unfortunately, like, you know, Googled all of their sentences, which I realized I should never do ever again. Lesson learned. Um, but it didn't change my perception of them because, yeah. you know what, they really are people. And I think that when you go and you, and you talk to them on a personal level... Um, every single time that conversation ends with, you know, their children, you know, these women really care about their children and like hearing that they haven't talked to their kids in five years, it's like, well, why not? But instead of being, you know, combating at them and saying, why not having that conversation and being like, okay, like, you know, what is your trigger behind that of reaching Mm -hmm. out? Um, and so I think being positive and just listening to them makes a huge impact just in their future decisions with their kids too and and maybe reaching out to them or not.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That's definitely an impact. What how how about you, Natasha? What what
0: are... Yeah, that's a good question. Um so I'm really into being like a strong woman. That's important to me. <laughs> power. Yeah, so I hike a cross lot and, and I also CrossFit. I drink the juice. We will we'll stop that. I won't talk about it anymore, but um yeah, I do a lot of weightlifting. But um So that's something that especially because I've had a lot of teen girls in my home and a lot of times they'll say like not so positive things about their body. You know, it's a weird time to be to be a girl when you're a teenager. And, you know, a lot of them have a lot of shame around stuff that's happened to them, you know, in their body and all of that. So what I always tell them is like, I care more about my what my body can do than how my body looks. That's the message I try to give. And I'll take kids on hikes. And a lot of times, like, they have a really uncomfortable time connecting with their body because of all the bad things that have happened to them. So I take them on a really hard hike, actually, in Colorado Springs. And it's pretty much uphill for the beginning part. It's not the incline. It's not the incline. Okay. It's near the incline, but it's not the incline. And um, what we do is we can, like, within a few minutes, you know, you're way higher than where we started in the parking lot. And I'm always telling them, look, look at that. You got up here all on your own. Mm -hmm. You know, look down and look how far you've gotten. Wow. Wow. You are so strong. And then, you know, I'll make them do it a few times, sometimes depending on how long they're with me. And I'll be like, wow, you're so much stronger than last time. Do you remember last time you we were having to take so many more breaks? So um, that's really important to me is like helping kids see what they can do on their own. And um, exercise, I think, is really important just because it helps so much with mental health. Like, oh my God. Some days I like cannot wait to go to the gym because I'm like, you know, at least i have accomplished that today that's something that i can like check off my Mm -hmm. list you know because you can get so frustrated with like a bunch of other stuff so yeah, that's been a lifesaver for me and something I try to, like, share with the kids.
3: Yeah, physical is huge. I, I'll tell you this, ladies. I need to do more of it because mm-hmm. I've just gotten complacent, you know, just on the go all the time, yeah, drinking too much. Yeah, when's the last much. time you even worked out, Kevin?
1: Called <laughs> yeah, yeah, out. First of when, all. Yeah. When was the yeah. last
2: time you did it? So first of all. Sober October.
1: You need Coach Natasha. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I might. You know what? I'll whip you into it. I, I work though, it under pressure. Yeah. I, you know? she's, she's an aggressive coach. She will not let you sit down. Yeah. Like, sometimes, yeah. I oh, really? Sometimes my partner will take
0: kids, the kids on hikes, and one time he was just like, Natasha. He's done. Like, we need to turn around because he's done. I'm like, really? He can go more. And he's like, I think he's done now. So yeah, he helps me. He <laughs> you, helps me like scale it him back a little bit. Yeah. yeah, They
1: say though that when you think you're done, your body is only like exerting itself by twenty percent. And Natasha oh, really? definitely pushes herself. To I do. 80%. I do. You I go push all the myself. Way. All the way. They say. Put, they say you can push yourself a little bit more when you think you're done.
2: Yeah, when you push through that, yeah. I, it ends up feeling good. Like, yeah. You end yeah. up enjoying it, even though it's it's painful and it's like uh So so I've been like doing a stationary bike, and I've been. Do I have ridden fourteen weeks straight. We got you got a Peloton, right? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. But oh. but it's it's only been like some some weeks like for like the last five weeks it's only been like one day a week, which isn't that significant. Excuse me. But it's still it's still like what you said, it's an accomplishment and it's I, I go through this mental struggle of let's say I just did a workout and, and you know, like you said, you feel accomplished, I checked it off, it feels good, like I feel good, I'm taking a shower, you know, I feel clean, I feel fresh and rejuvenated and strong after working out. But then a lot of days, like I'll just not push myself to do it, and then and then you get into that habit of not doing it, and, and it's it's weird because it only takes thirty minutes to work out, and like that's not that much time out of the day. No, like, that's isn't. like a, a commute to work, yeah. and and so so it's like why do you why do I sit here on, on the precipice of doing it or not? When I know I'm going to enjoy the results, so it's, it's it's funny because, mm-hmm. like, that's my personal battle with it. It's like I know it's good for me. I know I like it. But then some days I'm like I'm enjoying not doing it. Yeah, it's a euphoric will
3: though when you do it. So to answer your question, right, going back to my unhealthy <laughs> – yeah, when, when you worked out last, yeah. Kev. Um, so here's, here's my excuse. Here's, here's how I, I tiptoe around this thing because I always find an avenue. All right? So in my business, in the grocery biz, which we talked about a little bit off mic – I walk a lot because I'm constantly walking stores up and down, analyzing shelves. When I put when I put the pedometer on me, I'm doing anywhere from 10 to 12 miles usually per day, right? So I do a lot of walking, a lot of lifting, a lot of pulling pallets off trailers. So for me, that's my excuse to when I come home, eat a cheeseburger and have a couple beers. But it still doesn't give me that getting on a treadmill, hitting those weights. You know that that's where I'm lacking, ladies.
0: Well, that's more than most people. So I mean. Hearing you say that, I'm like, that sounds like you a workout a to me. Burger, <laughs> that sounds like a workout and to what me. What kind of
1: shoes do you wear? I wear yeah. <laughs> cowboy
3: boots. I wear uh always rocking the cowboy. Wow.
1: Boots. Oh, wow. Okay, that's impressive. Hundred percent of the time. Those don't even look like they walk twelve miles. <laughs> oh, they walk.
2: I'll tell you this: these boots, I got some miles. Hundreds,
1: on them. hundreds of miles. Yeah.
2: Ago. See, I, I've never because I, I sold cars for like three years, and you know, you're on concrete all the time, like you do every day, yep, every day. And I swear, like, I, I had knee issues after doing that, and riding the bike has alleviated some of that daily pain swimming and swimming but like how do you do it in everybody, cowboy everybody boots. everybody asks man? me that
3: especially in the grocery business yeah. Go, how the hell are you wearing those cowboy boots i stay true to my hillbilly roots <laughs> with the cowboy well, boots yes. maybe it's
1: in your jeans right maybe. it's in your jeans but here's the funny thing it's like a heel on that, those things oh yeah, too. Let's, yeah. take
3: another look at them yeah, yeah. i'll tell you this they've
1: seen
3: they've seen some miles oh,
1: okay they've seen
3: some miles um, yeah. How do I, do I, but here's the thing. I, I wouldn't get on a treadmill with cowboy boots on. So anytime I put like running shoes on or something like that, I feel. Do you feel lighter, faster, more I, agile? Yeah. Cloud nine. I feel like I walk like, <laughs> you know, kind of goofy. That's how, that's why I feel like I walk when I put, because I'm so used to these heavy clog hoppers. Right. Clog so hoppers. I love that. Yeah. So
2: I need to do more working out as I think what I learned. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to throw some would you rathers out here. It's like, oh, yeah, about- it feels like an appropriate time. It's a good transition. Let's do it. So. The first one is um if you if you could pick only one what which would it be and you two can decide who goes first um, would you rather be able to influence people's decisions like a jedi you know you did not see me do that or would you do? I don't. You didn't see it. No, no I was, I thinking, I did, was, I was I listening didn't, to the Would You Rather. Arthur. I didn't do anything. <laughs> um, so, so would you rather be able to influence people's minds like a Jedi, or be able to read people's minds? Oh man, I already know. I already she, know. She's okay, going first. Go apparently, go
1: ahead. I always pick this whenever they say, "Do you, like what superpower would you have?" I always pick reading people's minds. Always. Okay. I don't even need any explanation. I just, you know, I just like, I'm very curious. I really want to know what everyone's thinking. I I don't really care to like influence your decision, but I really just want to know what you're thinking.
2: Yeah.
0: So (laughs) I would be the opposite. I actually want to influence people's decisions more. I'm like so blunt that I have a really hard time convincing <laughs> people sometimes. <laughs> and um, I honestly, I think if I knew what other people were thinking all the time, I'd be like really depressed about it. I think it could be really sad sometimes. So
2: Well, and you got to think about reading somebody's mind. Like the unconscious is yeah. is all over the place. So you're going to have to like decipher because cause when I was putting it together, I was thinking like, you know, how do you utilize this? Like obviously being able to sway someone's thought process, that's pretty easy to utilize. But to read someone's mind, how do you utilize that? Like you have to be able to pick the parts out of their unconscious what it's thinking all over the place and then, and then use the critical pieces in order to form your sentence to influence. But like,
1: I love like puzzles like that, like I love yeah, people puzzles. You
0: spend a lot of time too, like analyzing we, people. Yeah, and yeah, and she'll and, also help me like think about what other people could be thinking, and she's really good at it. So I think you're halfway there, which is yeah. why you want the other half. But what I learned recently is some people don't think in words. I thought everyone thinks in words. Oh, oh yeah, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, how, yeah, how else yeah. do people think? Like it's, colors or. Sometimes um, they, like,
1: uh, like numbers, too, they'll yeah, think in. Yeah, some like, people don't yeah, think in words. It's so that'd be really, really hard to decipher. But I just feel like when you, I don't know, like, when you're in, like, someone's mind and you can, like, start to see, like, things spinning, it's kind of like you could be, like, their therapist in a sense and connect the dots for them, too. Mm. Yeah. So you're still essentially able to influence their decisions.
2: That's true. It's just, it's, like, a less direct, it's, it's more like a puzzle like you. Yeah. So how about you, Kev? I don't know. i have been kind of thinking about this because – as far as
3: being able to read minds, there, there is there's pros and cons to it, right? Because you can look at someone and go, okay, that's, that's their opinion on it, which has, it has its benefits, right? Especially if you're in sales, right? You can say, okay, this is that. But being able to influence someone's, you know, opinion or, or decision, that also speaks volume too. So I'm, I'm kind of divided on this one, Art. Um, I, th- I think reading people – why is that funny? <laughs> <laughs> I, just,
2: I just like it when you call me by my names. Well, I mean, I'm doing it's thinking just, over here. just making me laugh. I a little want bit. to know because I got. The,
3: I started thinking. Well, maybe what do I think in that? Because like numbers, colors. How do we analyze that? It seems like you guys have more yeah. like behavioral psychology than I would ever know. <laughs> so how, how how does that work? How do we even begin? I I
1: honestly like about don't the know. numbers and colors. Yeah, like
3: how how do we know where we think? I want to know how to analyze that now.
1: Yeah, I mean, like. Uh, I think you just have to like think about it. So like if you're thinking, when you're thinking about things like before you go to bed, I think is like the most common time, right? If you're thinking about specifics and there's, like, words flowing through, like, I think a lot of people mainly are words. But um, a lot of times, too, when you get people that are, like, autistic or Asperger's, a lot of times they don't really think in words. They'll think Hmm. more in, like, numbers or just very factual. So – and colors, too, if you think about it, it's like if you think about red, we all have an emotion that ties to it. It's either love or, you know, stop driving. Um, So I still think it's, like, when you – everyone thinks colors still – there's still meaning behind it. So we kind of all communicate in that way a little bit more than you think.
2: Well, I oh, feel really like I'm a I'm, I'm <laughs> thinking about how I think now because I, I'm very analytical. I, I, hit, I hit my head on the pillow and I'm awake for at least 30, 40 minutes going through my day, thinking about the, all the little things. And, you know, is it possible to just think in like a visualization, like almost and not – not a hundred percent words because I definitely yeah. use words, but I, I think I feel like I see things, you, you know, and like things pop up or like it's like a eureka moment where it's like a, aha, like oh, I forgot to do that today, and then that's like my next task the next day. It it's interesting because well, it's the, the mind is wild, and to critique how you think, I, that's. You know, I've, I've always been a, a, sorry to cut you off, Kevin, but but like the the whole believing, like the subconscious feeding the conscious mind and your conscious feeding your unconscious. And it's like a symphony between these two different dualities of, of, of mentality. And it's just, it's, there's so many varieties of how people process and see reality Yeah, that it's, it's psychology is so interesting i mean, I, that, I, don't, I don't really have anything to say it's that is the number
1: one reason why there's so many communication issues because i can say a sentence and someone could interpret it 100 percent differently and i'm like well how did you get that and so i think that i mean i think that most of the time people are having miscommunications than actually communicating because you know it's like poetry almost like you can yes. interpret it yes. thousands of different <laughs> ways and who's to say who's right and who's wrong it could maybe it's a combo
3: yeah, it could be. I mean, because whether the picture's worth a thousand words, everyone interprets it differently. Yeah. And that's why I'll tell you this. I don't like text messaging. And, and the reason for that is because if you take a text message, you have to read it as the Google voice, I feel like. Yeah. Right? Because otherwise, things could be taken so out of yeah. context. Yeah. And that's why I don't do a lot of texting. For one, I'm not good at it. I thought I got good at it, and I was doing emojis that didn't mean my right emotions. And people were like, <laughs> what is it? What is wrong with this guy? You know, what is he saying right here? So I'm I'm the type of guy. I'll just call you up and say, hey, this is what I'm thinking. Yeah. You know, so... As far as the communication thing goes, I, I like the direct, concise. You know, here, here's what I'm thinking. You know, the text messaging, social media, that worries me too. So are you, you know. are you going to
2: read minds, or are you going to just <laughs> hold my feet to the fire? Right, right. Sure. Yeah, way I'm going to influence minds. Okay, so you go on Jedi route. Yep. Okay,
1: man. So I'm a loner over here. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, yep. I mean, I'll, I'll answer this as well. I was thinking Jedi route, you know, and, and being able to do the influence. Ah. Um, uh, yeah, it's three to one on that one. I, Come on, that's y'all. Just, that's just how Come I'm feeling on. right now. But we could
0: still use you to help us influence the minds if you can read the minds.
2: That's true. That could be a powerful force because right, now you're working I both feel, sides. You could
0: be a contractor for all of the. Oh, but, so but that's, that's the more challenging route.
2: The, Rachel, the one that you chose is yeah. the more challenging route because, as you know, just being able to influence the mind, like you can make things happen. But I'm putting with, in the time. The re, yeah, with the reading of the mind. <laughs> But I, I agree with what Kevin was saying prior to me cutting him off. Is is people could read read really. re, they could retext any way they want. Yeah, you know, so it's
1: you need I, a tone.
2: I, I like that's how what it is. He sends
3: gifts to me. Yeah, because I feel like yeah. gifts help me communicate a little bit better. Are, do you do you all use gifts at all? Oh, on, I
1: love gifts because because
3: you know it just. The emoji is too basic for me, right? It's a smiley face. Maybe he's got sunglasses on. But if I'm like, hey, it's time to drink beer, there's no emoji for that. Yeah, I mean, it's might be a co-
1: sunglass emoji, man. Is that, is that
3: the beer drinking sign? Yeah. See? And this is how I learn. Because I'll just send a GIF of like Wolf Ferrell cracking one. And people know when I send that out, yeah. Kevin's ready to throw down. <laughs> they get the message. So that's how I communicate if I'm going to play the text
2: game. But it's different for everybody.
1: <laughs> the text game. <laughs> yeah.
2: I've never been good at it, Rachel. I just haven't. Okay. I mean, you could accomplish... In three minutes over a phone call, what it would take 20 minutes to text back and forth. Like, I, I it's truly so true. feel like Or one so <laughs> gift. Or
3: one yeah. gift, right? Exactly. Yeah. It sums it all up. Because here's the thing. Then I started doing the talk to text, thinking that that would help add context. No. Here's a, new, here's a new obstacle I have to overcome. When I speak into my phone to do the text, spelling errors, misinterpretation. And then I send that thing off and... I mean, you think I'm hillbilly now. These guys read that stuff. Like, this guy doesn't know how to spell. But I take grammar very seriously. You know, yeah. if I put emails together and stuff. Yeah, the commas are important. Yeah. You know, so for me, I feel like the text to speech, also not a so good tool.
1: Our mother, huge, huge fan of the speaking to text. And oh, yeah, this She has is great. an accent, and so her text never go right. It's always like, love you, Adam. I'm like, my name is Rachel. How did you get Adam? That's, that's it? what I'm saying. You know? Those are the and obstacles. Like, yeah. I'm like, it's. T- t- text or call or as (laughs) as
0: a kid i remember like she would get so frustrated with like you know you call in and you have to like say you know say one for this or say two for that um and she would get so upset because they would never understand her and
1: i feel so bad for her but (laughs) fun fact you just hit zeros and then you get to a person
3: that's what i do anytime i'm calling something i'm not doing that zero 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 human being you know, I'll yeah. wait. I'll wait in that seven-minute line. I don't care, ladies. <laughs> Let me talk to somebody
2: because this automated thing isn't going to work for me. Yeah.
3: You
0: know.
2: So the the other would you rather I have is more like a fear factor based would you rather? Okay. Fear right. factor, like the old Joe Rogan? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. So if if you were stuck in you're in a cage, would you rather be stuck in a cage with non venomous spiders, like a bunch of them, or non venomous snakes?
0: Oh no. Oh, I really don't like spiders, so this is hard for me. Or snakes. I dislike spiders more than snakes.
2: Dislike spiders more than but snakes. But could the
1: snakes still, like, choke you out? Do we if know they're how not? big they are? Like, how big are the spiders and how big are the snakes? That's true. Uh, let's
2: say a variety. Okay. A variety. That's usually how helpful factor it, yeah. Yeah, so okay. some small, some big. Interesting. Yeah. Okay.
1: I think for me it would be snakes,
0: and I would just hope they wouldn't still, like, squeeze me.
2: <laughs> so, so no pythons, no constrictors. <laughs> okay, no constrictors, then yeah. we're
1: good. They I have just eaten. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah. There's, there's a lot of variables. Uh, I mean, because they could still bite you. You know, I mean, you can get bit by either.
3: I'll, I'll take the snakes all day. I, I had a, a red-tail boa constrictor at one point. I thought I wanted to go that exotic reptile Ooh. route. Bad decision. All right, I got bit by this thing, but I'm still. But I'm still
2: not scared of snakes, right? I, re- so. I remember after he got bit, I, after yeah, it I, happened, was it he, he called me. He was like, dude, this thing just bit me. I was just trying to feed it. And, <laughs> and it was yeah. the second time that it happened. He's like, I'm done with this snake, man. I was done with so that snake. So what
0: happened to the snake at that point?
2: So I took it
3: back to a place here in Denver called uh, Scales and Tails, oh, okay. uh, free plug Scales for them. Scales
1: and Tails, I like that <laughs> name. Yeah,
3: free plug for them. And I said... I, I, I'm not a good owner for this snake. Can you please take it back? And they did. And they said, well, we'll find the right home for
1: well, it. Well, you know what? Who's also returned an animal? <laughs> okay, I did. oh I, I, I She did. returned a cat. I did. I returned a kitten.
0: He was about a year old. But he was used to living outside. And we were living up the street from here in a condo. And he couldn't go outside because there's a lot of like coyotes and stuff. Yeah. And he would latch on and bite us. Like totally out of the blue. We would be, he'd be in a different room, run into the room. We were in latch on and bite us. And cat bites, I didn't know until like I had a cat can be really dangerous and you can actually lose limbs from cat bites and they don't tell you this stuff a lot of bacteria
3: in the body you yeah
0: lose you're limbs. supposed to go yeah if you ever get a cat bite you're supposed to go to the er right away and they're supposed to give you a shot yeah because yep. their venom is so concentrated
2: you're right cats have venom she lost yeah. a
0: finger from her cat no, no i
2: didn't oh, i was like that's an amazing prosthetic <laughs> <Right>? yeah. <laughs> yeah full mobility yeah. full mobility
3: i yeah. see i should have done that when i got bit by the snake but me I don't go to the doctor. You're going to have to take me there on a stretcher. Okay. You know, I'm one of those kind of guys. Okay. So what'd
1: you do with the bite? Just like stick well, super glue on it? Or like yeah, what?
3: she got me right kind of right in this area, right? So I had her fangs just. Oh. So I had those two little holes in there. Cleaned it out, a little hydrogen peroxide. I was like, I'll be fine. You know, typical man response. Yeah, you know, don't worry about it. Everyone's like, you need to get a shot. You should probably take care of this. Did you get a shot? I did not. So you're lucky this you was, still have your hand. I am. I, I guess so. So now he's part Python. <laughs>
0: Do you have superpowers?
3: <laughs> um, uh, Maybe. We we don't know yet. We don't know how this thing's going to go. But this was 11 years ago. So obviously I think it'll be okay. Uh, but what was it? Would you rather again? Oh, yeah. I took snakes. Yeah.
2: Because so, I hate spiders. Did you say – so you said snakes.
1: Right. Yeah. I don't know. I think – I think I have to go with spiders because it could. You said non venomous. Yeah, non
2: venomous. Okay. So your life is not. So it could not... be
1: daddy daddy long legs, and those can't bite you. you but know? is
3: so is a daddy long legs a spider because it only has six legs?
1: Okay, I, think. I I have no idea. Well, it is ven-
0: ven- venomous. It is in the spider
1: <laughs> yeah, category. Da- daddy right? long but, but... legs
2: are, are one of the most venomous, yes. but, they, but their mouths aren't small. big enough yeah. to bite. Apparently. But it, I don't
3: think it's a spider though. Is, is it a arachnid? I don't know because I thought an arachnid had to be eight legs. Oh. I thought. And, I thought. I'll tell you is a arachnid is a spider. Arachnid is a spider. Okay, so is it an insect then because that's six It would legs. be it would be an insect. All I'm going to do research Yeah, you know
1: about what this. you know what I could do? Okay, let's say it's not a daddy long leg. But Spiders, you know, I can step on all of them. I can't step on the snakes and kill them. Oh, that's true. So, so you, you just murder, crush that. you murder all the spiders. <laughs>
0: okay.
2: Rachel's in the cage, like.
3: <laughs> so, all I had to do was start typing in, "is a daddy," and then Google predicted the rest. Okay, it's listening to us. Yeah, well, you know, Google. So let's see what it says here. Uh, "Daddy long legs" is a term often refu- referred to as three types of different critters. Only one of them is a spider. A common belief that a daddy long-legged spiders are the most venomous spiders in the world. However, this is an urban myth.
1: Oh. Come, on, come on, Google.
3: You're going to leave me with a cliffhanger here?
1: That doesn't answer it. Huh. We're always lied to. Always. And that's the
3: thing. There's too much information. <laughs> yeah. What's fact? What's fiction? Pluto's what a
1: planet know. again.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to go. I would, I would rather be in there with snakes. And, and for this reason, I was visualizing myself in the cage. And the creepy crawlies on me, either a snake snakes crawling on me, slithering on me, or the spiders crawling on me. And and honestly, I, I, I think I could do more with something if I if, like I was picturing myself just like, you know, closed eyes, like trying to meditate my way through the experience and, and, and there's
1: no meditation
2: <laughs> okay that's out of the woods you'd rather now no but um the little things on me like i feel like that would give me more heebie-jeebies than feeling like a, a solid s- snake
1: why don't you kill them well you can you
0: can pick up the snake too i feel like a lot easier because like spiders you know you can try to get him and then they jump and then you're like oh my no, god but and, like, it's spiders, all in your hair they, like
1: jump forward almost i know that they what can't if they're jump, all in your hair but... All the spiders? Yeah. They're not going to get in my hair because I'm stomping on them already. But they're all, they're all on over the, the cage. ceiling. They're that's on right. the walls that's right. and the you're ceiling. You just, just brush it off and you step. <laughs> okay.
3: <laughs> that's the strategy. Yeah. I, uh, this house I had over in Seven Hills in Aurora, Colorado a couple of years back was um, infested with brown cruise spiders. Ooh. Those are horrible. And that that's really when it, it hit home that I had a fear for spiders, right? Because, yeah. I mean, that's like, you know, go kill the spider. These things are nasty, right? So the venomous part of it, I don't like. Yeah. The non-venomous part, I can get that, right? You're not, yeah. you know, there's a little bit less risk. But round the cruise, that's something that's big here in Colorado. That's no, no, Black no. Widow. I know someone uh. that
1: got bit, and literally they waited like two hours to go to the hospital, and forever they will have a dip in their skin. Forever, like, a, a dip. Yeah, like it ate the muscle and wow. The bone. Wow, they're it's fine. So it deteriorates the flesh. Literally, like right here in their arm. Just, wow, just like completely like deteriorates. This, yeah, I mean, like the skin of, kind of covers it. I'd but rather you, go
0: the snake route because you know
1: that <laughs> if someone made
0: a mistake about one of the there's not yeah. being that's non-venomous. True, no. Ugh.
1: that's fine I'll be stomping away by myself yeah. <laughs> i
2: I've, I've killed me I've killed myself a couple black widows in my day um you, you know there's an adrenaline rush when when you're educated on the, the the animal or creature that can you know I have to get rid of this thing because it's living in the rocks out in front of my house like it's like i don't want to kill the spider, but this one I can't let live and so it, that that <laughs> adrenaline it's a classic when, Arthur perspective. When, when you're going in there, yeah, it's it's like, I have to do this mission. Um, it's a blood boil. I mean, like the rattlesnake that you killed at, at Cottonwood. Yeah. In, uh, so, um, so Castlewood. I'm so th- this is this is kind of a, a caveman-ish story. But, um, yeah, I was in Castlewood. I was hiking. I was with there with a friend and a dog. And, um, and there was the trail, and right next to the trail was a bush. And as the dog was in front of us past, past the bush. Like I started to hear the rattle and we were, there was inertia behind all of us moving. So like we kind of pushed our way through there and there's certainly enough a rattlesnake just sitting there sunbathing. And I'm thinking this is a popular, a popular spot. You know, there's going to be people behind us shortly. And the snake is just sitting there and uh, it was in a a dried up Creek bed. So it was kind of Sandy and there's like boulders in there. And so, like, we went along, like, a good 15 feet away, like, kind of a safe distance. Like, a snake could probably rush it pretty quick. I didn't... Oh, yeah. And, and so we got, like, up on a boulder. Like, so we were standing off the ground. And then, like, I, I proceeded to, like, grab decent-sized rocks and overhand them as hard as I could at the snake's position. <laughs> and I missed several. But then, like, I ended up catching it. Like, and I could tell that it was, it was dazed. And then so once I realized that it was not aggressive at that point. Like I, I went and mercy killed it with a stone right above and just, and, and, and did that. And, and by the time that was almost finished, um, there was like, uh, another, a, another guy was coming by and then, and like, we got a stick and like got it way off. Cause you know, you could, it's still deadly. Like if, you know, sometimes snakes still bite after they're dead and, you, and that venom still the, potent. The head
3: is still venomous for sure. Yeah. So, you know. yeah. so we got it way
2: off trail and, uh, and kind of proceeded. And then, you know, we we ended up getting up on a hill and could see that exact area. And certainly enough, there's like a a dad and a young child that are walking right by there. So so like, I I don't like to take life. Like, is that really my position to do that? But at the same time, you you know, I, I felt like I had that compelling feeling like this is, the right thing to do right now, and that's the only tool I had to kill was with boulders. Yeah. So, you deal with a rattlesnake. I mean, you yeah. didn't
1: want to catch it and give it to whatever that place was called—scales <laughs> S- and tails. Yeah, scales scales and tails. And tails.
3: For, yeah. <laughs> for the risky snake owner. <laughs> here's a rattlesnake. Yeah. Yeah, here, here's a rattler for you. But here's the thing: uh, you, you did it because of a safety issue. Yeah. Right? yeah. Peta, if, if there's anyone listening from Peta, you know they are obviously going to be upset about that. But the reality is, it was a, it was it was compromised for safety. So yeah, yeah. Boy, mm-hmm. we went down. We're, we're like reptile experts now and this is what happens in here you know we, we just you got a word of the week we do have a word of the week it's not yeah. i have a word of the week we have a word we, we have one well you know our listeners send yeah. us words of the week every week let's let's pull it out let's see what we're dealing with this week ladies because last week or two weeks we spent a couple weeks as we had one and i'm terrible at pronouncing some of these because people like to send us real intricate words and one of our loyal listeners uh really called me out as He's like, man,
2: you—you you yeah, got- didn't get one right the other week.
1: Oh, was it? Control? They need to send you. Yeah, that they one. Heard you that voice did you Did you
2: listen to that? Yeah. Oh, so did you already knew the that? one. Yeah, Cajole. he came up. Yeah.
1: But they need to send you like voice memos so you can like listen to that and repronounce it.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's in here somewhere. I gotta look through this art.
2: Oh, no, you're good. I kind of caught him off off spot there. I wasn't quite right. I was was excited about the reptiles. So one thing that I wanted to re-ask, I've done this Would You Rather before, but it's just, it's so good and I feel like it's been a while. So if if you had to give up one, Mm -hmm. one or the other, are you giving up bread or are you giving up cheese?
0: (sighs) Okay, well, that's easy for me because recently I became like lactose intolerant or something. I don't know what happened. (laughs) So cheese, cheese.
2: You're giving up the cheese. Yeah. Because you can't do it.
0: Yeah. Either way, it's just like I can't really do it right now. So it's so sad.
1: I would probably give up bread. I just love cheese too much. Well, we grew up
0: eating so much rice too that we don't even like eat bread every day. I love bread. Oh, you do <laughs> eat
1: bread every day now? Okay. I do, yeah. Okay. I've changed. <laughs> You've changed. New leaf, new me. <laughs>
3: so you're giving up cheese. You're giving up bread. Yeah. That's a tough one. Yeah. My, my favorite
2: is uh, sourdough bread. Is it? Yeah, out of the, all the breads.
1: Oh, I love sourdough too. Sour
2: Sour that
0: is is my good. favorite. Yeah, with olive oil on it. Oh
3: yeah. Oh gosh, fancy yeah. Oh, yeah. like dip it in
1: olive oil and pepper. Yeah, and that's good. So good.
3: What's that one sandwich shop that does sourdough? That is Slavagios? Oh uh, no, Slavaggios. was that Italian? No, Schlotsky's. Schlotsky's.
2: That, that Polish. What's Slavaggio's? Oh, that's what I have for breakfast today. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like Schlotsky's. I was thinking Schlotsky's Slotsky. is delicious. By the way, if yeah. we're going down the road.
3: Um, cheese or bread for me. That's a tough one. I like cheese. I like cheese. Uh, I'll give up bread, I think. I think I can get around it. I'll keep cheese. I
2: am going to give up the cheese.
1: We're 50-50 on that. Yeah.
2: yeah. We've, been, we've been kind of split a little bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But what's really sad about this question is then there's no more pizza.
3: Oh, pizza. Yeah, regardless. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah. you know, people do like
0: cauliflower crust pizza, and I'm like, please, no. well, Like, You know what I
3: tried <laughs> last night was cauliflower wings? Oh, was, how was, was it? I was feeling oh. a little bit adventurous. No. Because I, I started selling them one of my products. And first of all, how do you have a cauliflower wing? All is, right. it, is it
2: protein-based? What's going on?
3: Well, it's so all it is is a breaded cauliflower. It's, it's in the shape of a wing. It's a cauliflower, obviously. And then it's got wing sauce on it. So it's... The taste of it is the wing. It's what weird tasting is the sauce. Right. They're trying to cover it up, you know, and make it taste like something that it isn't. Why not just ranch it up? I'm going to go ahead and give that a D minus on yeah. the cauliflower like wings. Like
1: one out of ten, what would you rate it?
3: I'm going to go ahead and give it a three because the sauce was good. The sauce was delicious, but it's not a wing. Yeah. Cauliflower wings? What are we doing here? <laughs> just like cauliflower, you know, crust. because right.
2: you can do it.
3: Doesn't, doesn't mean, mean you, you should. should. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I agree with that. And what I think we should do now that I've been done screwing around, yeah, is I got a word with the
2: You shit together over there, Kevin? Yeah, I got, I got it together.
3: <laughs> you guys got to work with us. We're in a new studio. You guys are real patient with us, and we appreciate that. And as always, we have a submission. This one's coming out of Reno, Nevada, and it's a gentleman oh. by the name of Stephen. And Stephen, well, here it goes, Kevin, giving it a stab. The word of the week is fervent, and is an adjective. Fervent, f-e-r-v-e-n-t. That's the word of the week. Can
2: you use it in a sentence for us? Um, no. Okay. No. (laughs) It's a pretty
1: intense word, right? It is.
2: Well, fervent. Fervent. Yeah. You know.
3: Yeah, I could use. So, is
1: the goal to use this throughout the week? Then.
3: It's uh, you know, we just like to, our listeners like to send us words to try and stump us, which I'm stumped. Nine. I don't know what fervent means. Yeah. Um, I don't know what this word means. Yes, Stephen, that's a good one. Any guesses on? Are you going to use
2: it in a sentence for us?
3: Well, you know, unfortunately, I'm not going to call it the dictionary I'm using, but all I'm seeing is the it's an adjective, and the definition. I'm not seeing this okay. used in a sentence. Um, well, based on the definition, ablib a sentence.
1: This reminds me of like the ACTs all over again. What's the definition?
3: <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's a it's a very fervent feeling, um, being in this new studio. Okay. That's, you, that's my ad lib. You, you two
2: can take a stab at it first.
1: Oh, man. I want to call a friend. <laughs> can, yeah. can we use the phone,
2: or friend yeah, yeah. phone <laughs> a friend lifeline? Phone a
1: friend. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it means something like, it's um, like on the tip of my tongue. Fervent. It doesn't sound negative, though. Or it sounds like it, it either, I don't know. I'm twisted. Because it's like, is it? Is it not? Is it like, oh, man.
0: It kind of Steven. means, like, it's persistent a little bit, right? Doesn't it kind of mean, like, persistent in some sort of way? So,
2: so fervent, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a stab at this. I think fervent is an, an amount of excitement and anticipation,
1: Oh, I like that. I
2: think uh, you know combination of
3: everybody's input, I think we pretty much got this thing handled. So again, it's an adjective, so a describing word, right? Yeah. So here's the definition. is having or showing great warmth or intensity of spirit, feeling, excitement, and enthusiasm. Okay. So fervent could be used in a lot of different ways, right? You could be, if you're excited about something, you're fervent about it. And I know Chris Frazier is going to hold my feet to the fire on the definition of that and the way I used it in the sentence. But that's what's fun about the Word of the Week segment because I learn a new word every week. So thanks, Stephen, for sending that in from...
2: Where did I say it was from Reno, Nevada? Oh. Reno. Are you two? You two looked at each other like there yeah. was an aha moment. So our grandma,
0: our, actually my mom's whole family lived there at one point, and yeah. yeah, my grandma's house was there. So we'd go every summer and visit.
1: Yeah, that's which the first state a that, so when they came to the U.S., they went to Reno, Nevada. Oh, wow. Yeah, which is a very random city to go to. But that's a fun city, though. Yeah.
3: dress outside of yeah. Lake Tahoe. Yeah, right. I
1: yeah, wanna, we'd go to I Lake really Tahoe. I really want to
3: visit Lake Tahoe. It's, uh, it's, oh, it's so really nice. top of my list, and I've been a lot of places. I haven't been to Lake Tahoe yet.
0: The water is so clear, and what's really cool is like cold. the mountains it's are all the way cold. around. It is cold, but it's still so
3: yeah, it's still so I love when lakes it's hot like outside so cool off. Yeah, exactly. I love those kind of lakes. And Gordon Ramsay's restaurant just opened up. There. I'm watching Hell's Kitchen. Oh. I think I know how to cook now. I don't, but I've been watching it. And uh, so the winner of this season is going to be the new head chef at Lake Tahoe. So mm. I want to take a trip out there and have a little bit of cuisine.
1: That's cool. Yeah. A fir- No, that's not how you use it. <laughs> it's like a fervent meal. It would. It would be a
2: fervent experience, <laughs> yeah. I think. Yeah. You know. There you go. Well, I, I mean, it would be like you ate. You ate a. I'm losing the words. You, you ate one of the. It's, it's like one of the nostalgic meals that just makes you feel good. I forget what they call it, but it gives you a fervent feeling, like like macaroni and cheese or something, or like
1: like are you thinking about something sentimental to you or what? That would be
2: fervent, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. like that's a fervent Worming. feeling that that brings me. Yeah,
1: yeah, I would. Yeah.
2: So
3: I mean, to tie it all back in, you know, doing what you guys do has got to give you a fervent feeling. I mean, it's something you're passionate about. You're you're impacting people's lives, you know, and you know where where can people Go to listen. We're going to put all your guys' stuff down in the show notes below. So when people are tuning in, wherever they're at, they'll be able to click on your links. Mm -hmm. But let's get it on air. Where can people go to check you guys out and listen?
0: Yeah, so justaspecial.com has all the links. We're also on all the major podcasting networks, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all of that. We're on Instagram at justaspecial, Facebook at justaspecial. I recently started a Twitter. It's a little empty, but someone tweeted something about us. So justaspecial. Um Am I missing anything? And our Rachel? website. Did you say that? Yeah. Our yeah. website, just a special.com.
1: Yeah,
2: absolutely. Um, I mean, pleasure, pleasure talking with you too. I definitely suggest everybody go check that out. Um, if, if you're interested in fostering, you know, it, that's definitely a, a huge step. And, um, I, I feel like that's something that's important because there's a lot of lives that are, you know, a little empty and a lot of different ways and can use some extra love. So let's, uh, let's believe and achieve that this week. Um, for my believe and achieve, I'm going to say, let's, let's believe in loving past. Let's believe in loving others unconditionally, regardless of their circumstances and what they've been through. Let's, let's, let's love them for, for who they are today and and who they, you know, the potential of who they can be and, and, and achieve that by, by trying to reach out to somebody. Um, you know, even if you're not fostering, if you're not doing anything like that, you know, just try to reach out to somebody that you care about. Maybe you've been seeing them on social media or whatever. Try to actually call them and, and, you know, or text them and get in contact and just be like, hey, you know, I love what you're doing with your life. You know, it's inspiring and just give a little motivation. So that's my Believe and Achieve for this week. Believe in loving and, and achieve actually reaching out and, and making an action on showing somebody that, that you have that care and love.
3: Yeah, absolutely, man. This is, this has been motivating. You know, it's been a fun, you know, fervent kind of episode. You know, we appreciate you guys driving up from from Colorado Springs. I know it's a little bit of a hike and uh, and spreading your message with us. And, and one thing we always do here at, at Discussion Combustion is we love repeat guests. You know, so as just the Special continues to grow and all the fun things that you guys do, we would love to hear the follow-ups, you know, because we could probably sit here and go on forever and ever and ever, you know. So uh, let's get you back on maybe the end of the year, you know, before the snow flies again into next season. Uh, wish you continued success, Natasha, Rachel. You guys are doing some amazing things. And, and I really encourage all of our listeners and viewers to check you guys out because you're doing some fun stuff.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having us too. It's
0: been so much fun. Yeah. It really has. And again, in the new studio space, this is yeah. awesome. We're really excited to see you guys continue to grow as well. And oh, thanks. thanks for all you do to support all the Denver and Colorado area podcasters.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. We're, we're here. I mean, it's it's it takes a team. You know, like you're saying, like everything takes a team with, with the foster. I mean, same with... The podcast community, there's there's room for all of us, and and we all need to help each other out because really we're work you're creating a platform where, where you have a, a place for people to talk about things that are important, and and it, that that is important to have a platform to do that. And so we encourage we encourage all the the, the Colorado podcasters, all the podcasters in the nation, like let's all let's all try to get together and not have these these silly beefs or or whatever <laughs> it may be because. You know, we're not 90s rappers, all right? We're, we we're podcasters. We were. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
3: I'd be a terrible 90s rapper, I'll tell you that. I'd yeah. be like a 90s Travis Tritt wannabe is what I think I'd be. I
1: want like an MTV Cribs episode. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. Goals,
1: goals, yeah.
3: Goals. Well, you know what? You guys are, are crushing your goals. And uh, it's inspiring to see what you guys are doing. You know, it's you got a lot of energy. Um, I have a lot of respect for what you're doing. And thanks for coming in and sharing your stories with us. You know, I know there's a lot more we can go into, and we're going to do it again. We're going to get you you gals back on. I, I wish you continued success with the growth of Justice Special. Um, everybody go ahead and, and subscribe to them. Check them out on all the platforms that they're on. And uh, wish you all the best of luck.
0: Thank you. We'll thanks. be back.
3: Of course. Yeah. We'll see you soon. And you guys know the, the situation. We're here. We're going to keep uh, critiquing. We'll you be know, back next week. Keep dialing in. Episode nine. We got next week. Justin. Justin's in the build next yep. week. He's a sandwich expert, sandwich specialist. So that's going to be uh, a lot of fun. We'll learn a bit, a little about that Italian sub, maybe a little bit of that Philly cheese steak,
1: and I'm whether
2: he chooses that. bread or cheese. Well, <laughs> that's a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we <laughs> might have to yeah. repeat that one yeah. next yeah. week too. Repeat yeah.
3: So the fact remains, this thing keeps rolling. Uh, y'all be good to yourselves. And you deserve it.